Welcome in to the fourth week of Inside the Lines podcast hosted by myself and Robbie Woodham. Uh, we have a lot to get into today as per usual. Um, let's go ahead and start with a recap of this, this past week's games. What was your favorite game of the week, Robbie? My favorite game of the week was certainly not Alabama and Texas. It was probably seeing Texas A&M lose because I cannot stand Jimbo Fisher. Notre Dame losing was also great, but just Jimbo really gets under my skin. So I think my favorite game was seeing him lose, <laughs> even though we had all these cra- – it was a crazy weekend, college football with, with these upsets. Yeah, let's, let's kind of start there with the upsets. We had – three power five teams lose to Sunbelt teams this past week, which is crazy. Um, the first game, which I know you're going to love this because, because it lines up perfect with your uh, preseason pick, but Notre Dame losing to Marshall. Um, that one kind of hurt me just because they were my lock, and I know you had them. We both had them to cover, and they ended up losing to Marshall. Um, other than the fact that you lost money on it, do you feel good about your uh, prediction? <laughs> well. The thing about it is I felt good about whenever I first said Notre Dame was overrated, starting out in the top five, going 0-2. But I did feel that they played very well against Ohio State. And I gave them some love last week, you know, somewhat. I gave Marcus Freeman some love last week and because he had his team ready against Ohio State. And they went out there and they played hard. And like I said last week, they ultimately they still lost by double digits. But, man, this one. Marcus Freeman did not have his team ready, and they lost to Marshall, and they caught out of the top 25 for the first time in a long time. And I saw a stat that said that Marcus Freeman, who I gave all that love to last week, is the only coach in Notre Dame history who started 0-3. So. Yeah. I, I think it is important. and they, It's Notre Dame, so they should win the game regardless. But their starting quarterback did get hurt. He had a terrible game, though. Um Multiple interceptions. One was, I think, were two of them pick six. I know one, at least one of them was a pick six. Um, I wasn't well, able to watch I'm, that. I'm not going to give him that credit because he got hurt late at the game. Yeah, like very yeah, that's late. That's what I was saying. Game. He was he was bad, but them having a chance to win the game, which probably would have been best with him in the game, like at, near the end, because they threw they had a, a turnover for a touchdown late in the game to decide it. But I yeah. think I think he was still in when they threw the pick six. Really? Okay. I wasn't like I said. I wasn't able to watch that game. I was following following uh, it on my phone, and I was just very upset about it. Um, but I, I did hear that today or earlier this morning that he is indeed out for the season. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, Which I, I honestly think is going to be better than better for Notre Dame. I think the backup Pine is better than uh, better than their yeah. starter. But Pine is good. Um. I think – I mean, how many how many points have they put up this season? Not They've not lot. put up a lot of points with Buckman. They only put up, what, I think 10 against Ohio State? Yeah. And, what, 16, 16 19, yeah. 16 uh, against Marshall? So. Yeah, I think the problem for Notre Dame is that they just don't have any playmakers. Um, their best offensive weapons, they're tied in, and he's slow. They don't have anyone that can stretch the field, and it just – it just seems like they're they need a couple of weapons. They don't have a great running back. They don't have, like I said, receiver like great receivers. When your best options a slow t- and the tight end's good. Mayor Michael Mayer is good, but he can't. It's not like he's gonna break a playoff for seventy yards for a touchdown. Like he's gonna be a reliable target, but he's not gonna be able to get you those big plays that good teams do. 
Um, and we and we saw Alabama struggle this week with big plays. Like they couldn't seem to put the, or uh, move the ball down the field in a way that they usually do. Um, but yeah, Notre Dame. I just feels like they're and I, I was wrong. I'll just go ahead and admit I was wrong about them at the beginning of the season. I thought that they were going to be better, but it it seems like they're going to need a like another recruiting class with some weapons to actually have a chance um, because they just can't move the ball. It's it's insane compared to last year because last year they're they're pretty good on offense. So it just doesn't make sense because um, they have all the same coaches. Like they didn't lose the only thing that the only person that left was the head coach. Like because they kept Tommy Reese and. Marcus Freeman, obviously defensive coordinator. So I don't know. It just that one, that one shocked me. Um, but I think the AM one was the worst loss. And I know you enjoyed it, but they gotta they gotta fix something on offense. It I think they need to switch their quarterbacks because Haynes King is is not not playing well. And it just seems like Jimbo refuses to make a change when they have a very capable quarterback sitting behind King. I mean, uh Max Johnson, the transfer from LSU. He slung the ball around last year. He was a, I mean, he was a good quarterback. So I think they need to put him in and try something new because the I mean, AM and Iowa would probably be a good matchup right now as far as offenses go. I mean, I, I that game would probably be under 20 if they played. It's it's just terrible to watch. I don't know about I don't know about Iowa, but I, I wouldn't take it that far, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a change between Haynes King and Max Johnson coming soon because, yeah, like you said, their offense was not good. Haynes King was not good. But uh, I could see a change coming. I think that Jimbo, he's going he's gonna to have some work cut out for him because uh, he's got Miami coming into town this weekend, so he's going to have to do something. Yeah. He has been known to stay loyal to his quarterbacks even when they're idiots. Like you think back to Florida State, Jameis Winston, and all the turmoil there, and he stuck by him the whole time. And which there's a big talent difference there But but he's been loyal to him, so we'll see what he does. But I also think that Jimbo is I just don't like him. He's a whiner. He's he's just I don't like Jimbo and I like to see him lose. And I like to see him throwing a fit on the sideline. So he learned from the best <laughs> about throwing fits on the sideline. Well, he's not throwing fits after the game, though. <laughs> um, the last team that got upset, and this is a lot less surprising than the first two, but Nebraska loses to Georgia Southern. Um, and that ends the Scott Frost era in Nebraska. Um, what do you think about Nebraska? I mean, I can't remember the exact day. It was sometime in October, the first week of October. If they would have waited till then, they would have saved like seven and a half million dollars on his contract and said they'd fire him now and have to pay his $15 million buyout. What do you think of that decision from Nebraska? I like the decision. I really do. Because you got to think about, because somebody, uh, shout out to Sean, he texted about this the other day. But you have to realize they like Scott Frost in Nebraska, but they're not happy that – I mean, it's not working out with them. Obviously, they have to move on from it. Yeah. But Scott Frost won them a national championship as a quarterback, as a player, and they like him. So they're not going to – you know, they. It, it's sad that they have to move on from him. They know that they have to do it. So they're going to pay him his money. So I get that, and I appreciate that. So I, I think it's the right call. 
you know, as far as contract wise, you know, that they were going to owe him the money anyway. Go ahead, give him his money, send him on his way. I, I think it was the right move. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's questioning the firing. It's just, I, I don't know how that helps you. Like, you're not going to hire a coach right now. And I don't know how, why you don't just wait till either wait till after that October day or wait till the end of the season and just part ways. Then it almost feels like if you're going to do it right now, you should have just done it last year. And you could have had, you could have already well, started. Well, not necessarily last year. I think that they wanted like the to give them year. another shot. I I could see them waiting until the end of the year to fire them this year because they're not going to get anybody this year. So yeah, that's I get a, what you're saying there. But they wanted to give them another shot. But you could see the writing on the wall after they went to was it Ireland yeah. and lost to Northwestern, and that was I mean the writing was on the wall then. Well, I so, think. I, I think, think they wanted to give him another shot yeah. this year, and then he went out and played a, played an egg first game, and that was the end. So I, I don't get why they didn't just let him play out the season. They're not going to beat Oklahoma this week. So, you know, it, as far as money-wise, I could see why they, they like him. They wanted to give him the money, fine. But I don't see why you make the move now. You might as well wait till the end of the year. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, too. And I, I don't know. I just think – I think they definitely wanted to give him another shot. And I think after – even after Northwestern, they were still okay. Um, because I think a lot of people thought Northwestern was going to be better this year. But then they go out and lose the Duke. And so it's just like, okay, maybe Northwestern's not as good as we thought. And so that probably means Nebraska's even worse. And then they go out – they didn't have a great game last week against – I can't remember who they played, but it, I think it was an FCS school. And then this week – Nebraska? Yeah. They, they lost with? to Georgia Southern. They lost to Georgia Southern. I know, but I'm talking about last week. Oh, last week. Yeah. Um, it was they played some FCS game. team, and it was like a close yeah. game late in the game. And it's just like, oh, gosh. And they, they found a way to win like they should. And then they come in this game and let Georgia Southern hang around, and it turned into a shootout, and they lost. And so there's, there's no excuse to lose to a Sunbelt team when you're, when you're a Big 12, Big 10, like when you're Power 5 conference school like they are. Or SEC. Texas a I know, there's, no there's no excuse. Um, I think. What do you think about Nebraska as a brand? What kind that's of what I was just about to say. Bring I, I think this is probably the most interesting job opening since the Tennessee job was open. Um, I don't, you might disagree. I, just because of Nebraska has every resource possible to be good, there's no excuse for them. I mean, they have tradition. They have the money. They have – I mean, they have this, the fan base. I mean, they're on a – I can't remember what their streak is for home game sellouts, but they've been terrible for the last few years, more than a few. They've been bad for the last – I don't even know how long, since Bo Pelini's been gone. And they still sell out their home games. So they have the fan base. They have the money. They have the resources. There's no excuse for Nebraska to not be good. And so I think – as far as brand goes, I think they're kind of sitting right where Tennessee was a few years ago when they hired Josh Heupel. It's like we just need – we need someone to write the ship. I mean, we have – like I said, have the money, have the fan base, have the resources, have everything you need to be good. You just need the right guy. And I think they've – they thought it was going to be Scott Frost. And I think the entire country thought that Scott Frost was going to be it just because of how he took over UCF and – um did what he did there. I mean, they were – I think they were a one-win team when he took over, and he took over, and they went to a ball game his first year, and then they went undefeated his second year. And so, 
I mean, it was like, okay, he's going home. He, he played at Nebraska. He, he's going to go home and turn it around. Everyone in the country thought that that was going to happen. I mean, I, I don't think there was a single person like, oh, it's not going to work out with Scott Frost. So, I don't know. I think it's very interesting to see what happens here. Um, I'd like to go ahead and talk about who's going to replace him. I know that a lot of Nebraska fans are talking about or obviously the Urban Meyer, the Bob Stoops. I don't think any of that's going to happen. Um, I think Urban Meyer won't take another job unless he knows he can win right away. And I think that this Nebraska job is definitely a rebuild. Um, they had, what, 22 transfers on this team? And so they got – I mean, next year it's going to be a completely different team because those tra transfers aren't going to be there. And they're probably going to lose even more people to the portal. Um, so I don't know. Who do you think? I, I've seen a couple of names, but who have you have you seen anything on the initial? I I uh, I haven't seen any names recently, but I will say this: is Nebraska as a brand, they are not what they once were. I mean, on a national level, like now you have, you know, in the '90s they were great, in the '80s they were good, but on a national level now, like everybody's got social media, and everybody, you know, it's just. It's so different now, and they haven't been good in a long time. And you have to ask yourself, too, like, what coach are they going to get that's, you know, no offense, that's going to want to live in Nebraska? <laughs> and, I mean, there's nothing in Nebraska. So what coach do you think you're going to get there that's, that's going to already have a brand well, that I you want? And, and I agree with you when you said Scott Frost, was, he was a no-brainer at that time and i'm surprised that it didn't work out but it hasn't and so i don't i don't see them getting they're, they're not going to get an urban meyer or bob stoops like those guys aren't are only would only take like a top five program yep. to even entertain the thought so i don't i don't think they're getting any of those guys i could see uh, maybe like a bill o'brien maybe going out there um or even like I, I've heard some names before, but I forgot what they were. Like, yeah, I, I have them. Pulled I, know, up. I know Bay Baylor's coach was one, but I don't see him leaving Baylor. So I've heard Baylor. So Baylor's former coach is who I've heard Matt Rule because he's going to be fired this year at, for the Panthers, and it just hasn't worked out for NFL. But that's an interesting name to look at because he he's a very good coach. Um, I think as far as what you're saying with no one wanted to live in Nebraska. I think that's kind of a moot point because nobody's going to want to live in Tuscaloosa either. And Nick Saban's still there. So, <laughs> I mean, you've been to Tuscaloosa. You can't deny that. I mean, the, I don't think Tuscaloosa is God's country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think the names that the first few names that have been reported, um, and I think this first one would be a home run. Um, just because of culture, they're going to have to hire somebody that has an established culture and that can they can give some time. But Matt Campbell at Ohio or Iowa State, um, I think he's pretty much done all he can do at o Iowa State. I mean, he's hit his ceiling. I think he's a great coach. Um, but nine, nine, ten wins is kind of the ceiling for Iowa State. Um, eight, nine, ten wins, and he's he's hit that the last few years, and I think that he would tear it up at a big-time program. And he's kind of been waiting. His name's kind of been thrown out there for all the big jobs every time there's one open. And he's kind of been waiting um, for the right fit. And I'm not saying that Nebraska would be it, but I think that's an interesting name to look at. 
Another one that um, they have here is Dave Duran from – I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Duran from North Carolina State. Um, he's built, built the NC State program from the ground up. I don't think he's a great coach, but that's the name that they have on here. Um, and then they have Chris – Chris Kleiman from Kansas State, and then Lance Leipold from Kansas. So, I don't know. I think, obviously, Matt Campbell is going to be the best option. But they're going to go – they're going to send money at Urban Meyer and Bob Stoops. You know they're going to try. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. But um, – Yeah, there's there's no chance that Bob Stoops or Urban Meyer is going to Nebraska. <laughs> I would see um, – But I, more I, than, I don't think I – don't, I don't see Matt Campbell, I think, would be – I think would be a great hire for Nebraska – but I don't see him leaving Iowa State for Nebraska, and and that's where I that's where you can see what I think about the Nebraska program as a whole right now. Like I don't see Matt Campbell leaving for Nebraska; it'd be a lateral move. Yeah, well, I think, I think that Matt Cam Matt Campbell will get a a good coaching job at an SEC program or something like that. Maybe not SEC, but I mean he's already in the Big Twelve. I mean he he does good with what he's got. So I don't exactly. see you know I I agree with you in the fact that you know nine. Eight, nine, maybe ten games is his ceiling. He's not going to go out, win you a national championship, but he's doing that at Iowa State already. Well, I so think why that, would you go to Nebraska? You're not going to get any. You're not going to do any different there. See, I, that's where I disagree. I think Iowa State ceiling is eight, nine, ten wins. But I think with the resources and the money that they, with NIL, I mean, you got to think Nebraska is going to be one of the biggest money spots in the country just because of the support they have. Um, I think Matt Campbell ceiling at Iowa State is 8 9 wins, but I think that he could he could have a chance to win a national championship with, at the level of Nebraska. Being in the Big Ten, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think the chances are far greater at a school like that than Iowa State. I think he's hit a ceiling there. I think the ceiling for Nebraska – long-term is a title. I think they could win a, a championship with the right person, with the resources they have. I know you disagree. I can tell by your face, but I mean, do you, so I, I guess I can ask it this way. Do you think, and I probably don't agree with this, but this is just a question that comes to mind. Do you think Tennessee could ever win a, a championship again? Tennessee? Yes. It's kind of a similar situation to me. I mean, yeah, eventually. I mean, exactly. I think so, they all could. I eventually, yeah, but I don't see them winning a national championship anytime soon. I don't think that. Uh, same with Nebraska. Like, I don't. You know, no matter who the coach they bring in, like, I don't think that they're going to win a national championship anytime soon. And you know, you think about Nebraska's in the Big Ten now, and that's owned by Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, but. And even and even Penn State. So, I think if you're talking about on a national level, you know, it's, it's a whole different ballgame because, you know, you really don't want to when you bring in a coach, like like Tennessee did. Tennessee brought in uh, Eiple. what's his name? It just left me. Josh Eiple. Yeah. And and he's done a great job. And I, I think that he's done a really great job for for what Tennessee is. Tennessee is not does not have Peyton Manning walking through that door. Anytime soon. Well, we got a so, five star coming in next year, so I don't know. We might, um, might, we might want to wait on that. So I, I don't see. You know, it's been 20, 24 years since Tennessee won the title, and I think Nebraska won what the year before last. 
Yeah, they won the year two years. That, they won back to back, I think. Yeah. So, and it was like right before Tennessee. Too. Yeah, it was the year before. So, it was the two years before Tennessee. Okay. Like they won ninety seven, so, ninety six, and Tennessee won ninety eight. So. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm not hating on the Nebraska program or Tennessee. I think that, I think that they are really. I think that Tennessee is really good for what they are right now. Yeah, I, I just Nebraska. I just, Nebraska. I think that if they get Matt Campbell, I think they'll be really good for what they are. But I don't see them taking that next step to the national championship, think which I, that's hard to say because you know you got the same guys year in and you got the same six teams every year who are competing for that title. Yeah, well, we got the playoff expansion too coming, and I just think I think where we are, I think we agree. I'm thinking more like of the next 10 years and you're thinking more of like the next two years. I don't think Tennessee is going to win a title in the next two to five years, but I think could they compete for a national championship in the next 10? Maybe. I don't think that Iowa state will ever compete for a national championship. And that's kind of what I'm saying is I think he's hit his ceiling there. He's not, he's never going to be able to win a national championship there, but I think at a, he, he, he has a better, if he turns it around, he can win. He can compete for a, a national championship with the resources that they have. That's where we disagree because I don't think so. I don't think that Nebraska will ever compete at that level again. And you might be right, but I think the chances are far greater than than what you're giving them. I guess. But um, moving on, that was a long discussion about Nebraska, but I enjoyed it. Um, let's talk about Alabama a little bit. We're going to talk about your team, and we'll talk about my team after. Um, it was rough. It was a rough game to watch. It was very difficult to watch. Uh, such an undisciplined team. I mean, the penalties and penalties and penalties and just stupid penalties. You know, like this – a guy got knocked out, Will Anderson, best defensive player in the country. He just, you know, the guy had already been down, got back up, and he knocked him back down again for another 15 yards. And – it was very frustrating as an Alabama fan to watch that game because uh, for they were the better team that whole game. And if, if that quarterback – and now you think about because I've heard, oh, my gosh, all weekend long about you – know, especially on game day, they brought it up, you know, what if Colt McCoy would have never got hurt, you know, back in 09. Well, Alabama had the best defense in the country. You know what I mean? It didn't matter, in my opinion – it did not matter who was playing quarterback for Texas in 2009. Alabama's defense had first-round draft picks at every single position on that team. And it was dominant from start to finish from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. But this year, this, this past Saturday, if Quinn Ewers would have stayed in that game, Texas would have won. And Alabama looked – they looked awful. I mean, we talked about, you know, them being number one team in the country, not anymore. We'll talk about that in a little bit in the top 25, but, uh, you know, you got them coming in. You know, they, they don't have any playmakers, like you said earlier. Like, Jameer Gibbs was supposed to come in and, you know, and Jameer Gibbs played well. He yeah, he's played good. probably the best. He yeah. probably played the best out of anyone, but there were no receivers. Nobody threw the ball to. And, they, and they're all young. They got Jermaine Burton transferred from Georgia. I, I don't know if he played in that game because yeah, he was MIA. It seems like he and, got kicked out of Georgia more than uh, transferred from Georgia. It seems like they're like, we and, don't want you anymore. <laughs> and Alabama looked mediocre, and Texas made them look that way. That Texas defense was ready to play. Sarkeesian came, 
He had his team ready, and they they played a better game than we did. But I'll say this about Alabama: they were, and I, I Nick Saban probably said this in his press conference afterwards, but they came back, they fought through all that adversity, and they still come back and won that game. So I I was I was glad to see the resilience and them fighting back. But ooh, Texas made them look bad. They made them look mediocre. I I think. Uh, Xavier Worthy for Texas might be the best receiver in the country. Um, it just felt like he was open every play, especially in the first half when Q- Quinn Ewers was throwing him the ball. Um, I don't know. I think Alabama definitely got some help, um, but you can't base the game off of officiating at the end. I mean, that that safe – or the roughing the passer, incomplete pass, targeting call in the end zone. Well, they, get, they, they got that right, though, actually. Like, nah. It was horrible the way they did. Like It, it was an incomplete pass. He was like, he was in the he just threw it away though he wasn't throwing it at a receiver that was the it was supposed it to be almost, it, it almost hit the running back in the head. Well, the, the point I think the thing was that he wasn't. It he got was hitting, it got tipped it got tipped and it almost hit the running back in the head. They actually the I, I get what you're saying the call was it should have been intentional ground because they called they called no the ball got tipped you can't do oh, okay. intentional ground at the ball I didn't know he got tipped I just but, saw the video of him getting tackled and just throwing it as he was about to hit the ground. And I was like, yeah. how is that not and they, they, Well, they tipped that ball. Okay. That's why you, you can't call it to the ground if yeah. the ball's tipped. I didn't know the ball. But, but, yeah, like they actually got the call right at the end. But they called but the they targeting and the roughing the passer. Tar- is like Targeting and roughing the passer. <laughs> then they come back and said, oh, no, we didn't mean roughing the passer. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, Alabama would have got the first down, even though they didn't earn it or deserve it. But they actually – got the call right, even yeah. though it was so horrible. Oh, it was so horrible. There was, but they actually did get the call right because he did get the ball off and the ball yeah. was tipped. I knew he got it out of his hand, but I didn't know the ball was tipped. I thought he just threw it at – I was like, how is that not intentional grounding? Like, because he was – even if it almost hit the receiver, he wasn't even looking at the receiver. He just threw it up. Oh, no, he he, he definitely just threw it up. But, so. You know, the ball, the ball was tipped and it did come close to the right back. So it wasn't intentional grounding, but the whole thing was just horrible. Like, oh, my bad. We didn't mean to call. <laughs> we didn't mean to call that. So we're going to take that back right now. And it was it was hideous. I think they realized when they saw but, the replay that it was atrocious, an atrocious call. So they were just like, yeah. oh, we meant targeting, and we can change that call. So let's just go with that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I, I will say this. the big My biggest takeaway from that game is there is a reason that the defensive coordinator for Alabama, Pete Golden, has not gotten a head coaching job <laughs> anywhere else because that dude is horrible at play calling. Alabama has eight defensive returners, and they're all – they got talent, and they are not in position at all any well, time, other than Will Anderson yeah. and Dallas Turner. So I they, think the red I mean, zone defense is really good. Play, and it was just – I get so frustrated, Pete Golding. I, I really wish he would get hired away. Maybe somewhere like a, even like an FCS school, somebody just you, come take Pete Golding. You want a Jeremy Pruitt back as your defensive? Coordinator? I would. <laughs> I would take Jeremy Pruitt back in a second yeah, as defensive coordinator, coach. not head coach. Yeah, oh, not yeah. head coach, but defensive coordinator. I would yeah, take him back in a second. He's not going to coach for a little while. It's going to be a minute before he comes back. Um, he, he needs to come back to the Saban coaching tree. Well, he can't. He has a show clause. He can't coach. I don't think for a few years at at the D one level. Um, yeah, I think there is something to say about 
them getting punched in the mouth and able to come out with a win because um, they should not have won that game. Um, but they did, and I think that's going to be better for them in the long run because Saban's, Saban's going to fix that. Um, but they, they're a lot – I mean, it's not the same. Obviously, they have way better playmakers than Notre Dame, but it's kind of the, the same thought. It's like they can't move the ball down the field. It's like they don't have anybody besides the – it felt like their only, their only weapon on offense is Jameer Gibbs. It's like hand the ball their, to Jameer Gibbs. Their best receiver is Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Throw the ball to Jameer Gibbs, hand the ball to Jameer Gibbs, and that's it. They don't have anybody else that they can rely on, um, which is crazy because we've just seen year after year of Alabama, especially the last few years with receivers. But, goodness, it's, it's, it was tough. Well, to I'll, say, I'll say this. Chase McClellan is a good running back probably. Yeah, the, he had that break-off break off touchdown. He's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, but that was like the only good play they had like yeah. through three and – three quarters of a quarter, three and three quarters of a game. Yeah. That was the only good play they had all day. But Chase McClellan, he's a good running back. But Yeah. All right. I think they'll be fine. Uh, but if they had if they had to line up and play Georgia tomorrow, it would be ugly, I think. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> uh, I'll say this right now. If, if Alabama would have played Georgia the other day, it would have been over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not tomorrow. After that L they took, and after that chewing they got from Coach Saban, it might be different tomorrow. But yeah. if they would have played last Saturday, that'd have been ugly. I can only imagine that Saban is treating this as a loss. As far as oh, preparing, he's, yeah, he's he's preparing that team. I think I think ultimately it's going to be good for them in the fact yeah. that they pulled that game out. Um. Let's move on. We've we've talked a lot about these. The, the week two, week two is really good. Um, I can't. I can't. Yeah, week 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 two was crazy. I know we we talked a lot about this past weekend's games. But I'm ready to look into next week too. Well, let's, this, let's, this week was crazy. Let's talk about two more games real quick. We won't we won't spend as much time. Um, the Tennessee Pitt game, possibly the best game of the week as far as this football game. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of it? I was there, so I I. Watched the whole thing, obviously, but did you get a chance to watch any of it? I watched the first three quarters for sure, and then I had to go to dinner. So I caught, like, the very end at a restaurant. But y'all are welcome. All, all, to all our listeners out there, lock of the week, I was most confident in Tennessee, and they covered. Y'all are welcome. Pitt is overrated, and so is that coach. Yeah, I can't stand their coach. I, th- I don't think Pitt is overrated. Um, I think they're – a a good team. I don't think they're as good as Desmond Howard thinks they are, but um, I think that game was, uh, it was a good game. It was very frustrating, frustrating as a Tennessee fan to watch. Um, Our defense got exposed in the first quarter, like we thought they were going to, but then they kind of settled in and we got a few sacks. We got a few turnovers throughout the game. And the defense is what saved us because the offense was terrible in the second half. Um, we had a 21-17 lead going into halftime, and the final score ended up being 27-27 for regulation. And so they came out in the second half and were terrible. It, it honestly seemed like we were trying to give the game away to Pittsburgh. Um, they couldn't move the ball against us. We had – they blocked a punt. The next drive, we get the ball back. We fumble. We stop them again, get the ball back and then go three and out, they punt back to us, and we fumble the punt. And it's just like, this game should be – we should have won this game by three touchdowns, and we're still tied. And by, by you know, there's five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. 
and Pitt goes down the, after the muffed punt. They um, they go down the field and score a touchdown with a couple minutes to go, and we can't we can't score, so it goes to overtime. Luckily, um, the defense played very well in the overtime, and we're able to come out with the win. But it's just like goodness gracious, we should have won this game by three touchdowns. So Tennessee's I, defense played way better than you gave them credit for. Yeah, they did because that yeah. they had a lot of stops, and you you said last week that you did not think that. Tennessee's defense was good enough. And I said that I thought that they were better than that. And they got a lot of stops in this game. I mean, you talk about the muff punt, some of the turnovers and stuff. Like, Pitt had the ball, yep. you know, across you know across the 50 already in, in plus territory, and in the you know, two, two, three times. And they, you know, they still held them. Yeah. So I think the defense – if the defense can play – and obviously we don't know how good Pitt is, um, but – if the defense can get that pressure against a team like Alabama and Georgia, we'll have a much better chance of keeping those games close because you got to be able to get stops whenever you're – because your offense is – as good as Tennessee's offense is, they're not always going to be able to score it. Like, they're not going to be able to score every time. They're not going to be able to move the ball with as much efficiency as they would against a lower-level team. And so your defense is going to have to get stops. So, I don't know. We'll see. I think – they obviously they played a lot better than I thought, and I I, I was happy with that. But um, well, teams like teams like Tennessee that go as fast as they do, like they're they're going to put up a lot of points. But um, the bad thing about going so fast is they're going to have a lot of three outs. Yeah, because like if you don't you know get a first down quick and go go go, like if if that first play doesn't go you know for eight nine yards like. You know, you're you're probably going to get a three and out. They're going to get a lot of three and outs this year, but they're also going to put up a lot of points. Yeah. So that's I think why. I, I, um, your ahead. quarterback that you drafted, your East quarterback, didn't play too good this game. Um, he he ended up being like the SEC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week, which I don't understand how because he was terrible in the first half, especially the first quarter. Um, he was missing balls over the middle. Um, he wasn't making good decisions in the pocket, and so. He ended up having a good game, but he's got to be better if we're going to beat Florida in two weeks. Um, speaking of Florida. Well, was, it, was, was anybody asking for Joe Milton in the stadium? No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, speaking of Florida, that game was also a good game. Um, they laid a dud this week. Goodness gracious. We talked – you were right once again about Anthony Richardson. I was trying to anoint him the next king of college football, and you said slow yes, down. Yes, you were. And you, and you were right. Yes, you were. He, was, he was terrible. Um, there's no other way to talk about his performance in that game, and he cost them that game. I mean, he's he's kind of – what I've noticed is for them, for Florida to, to win games, he's going to have to be an all-star. And if he does – if he's not an all-star, they ain't winning. So, that's kind of my takeaway from that game. Did you, get a, did you get to watch that game at all? I watched some of it, but I, I wasn't surprised by the fact that Anthony Richardson did not have a good game passing the ball. He was under 200 yards. Yeah. I want to say – I know he was under 200. I don't remember what the, he was under the final 50%. number was. He was under 50%. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, he's not a good passer. He's not a polished passer. He's not going to throw the ball down the field. He's not going to beat you there. But I was surprised. I want to say he only had, like, four yards rushing. Like he Sorry about that pause. We had to uh, pause the recording for a second, but we're back. Um, Robbie, you were talking about Anthony Richardson. What were you – you were talking about his rushing, I think. Yeah. 
well, Anthony Richardson is passing. Uh, you know, he was under 200 yards, so that doesn't surprise me at all. He's not a great passer down the field. He can't hit open receivers down the field. But I was really surprised at his rushing. I think he was, what, four yards rushing. He did not have a lot of rushing yards in that game. And he was shut down all night. And I wasn't surprised at it. I knew that they would come out strong week one against Utah at home, and they would have a good game. And they set themselves up for a letdown game because I said last week that Mark Stoops and Kentucky, they know how to play Florida. And they did. They were. They were ready. And they went in. They went to the swamp. And they won by, what, 10 points? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that uh, Kentucky played a good game against Florida. And it didn't surprise me at all. Yeah, that's Mark Stoops' Super Bowl every year is playing Kentucky. Or playing Florida. Playing so, Florida. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, we'll, we're going to – Pivot into uh, our card recap, and I don't think either of us – I'm definitely not happy about talking about this, but I don't think Robbie's – although he had a winning record, I don't think he's too happy with his his week either. Um, but Robbie went four and three on the week, bringing his total to 14-8-1, which is 63% win percentage, which is incredible. Robbie's killing it this year. Um, I know he probably wants to be better, but 63% is pretty dang good. Um, well, my, on the other my hand – Go ahead. My goal is to be 70%. But, you know, I went four and three this week, which is not good by my standards. But I wasn't too mad because two, two of the losses, one was Notre Dame, which, yeah. whatever, you can suck at Notre Dame as far as <laughs> I'm concerned. But, but, like, the other two that I lost was, uh, was Oklahoma was one, and the game was 7-3 at halftime. Yeah. We'll and get they still the- won the game by 30 points. Yeah. So – I'm not. I'm not exactly. You know, the cover. I needed another field goal. So yeah, I'm not I want, exactly mad about that. I, I want to talk about your other loss after I read off my atrocious record uh, because I know you okay, talked about it because uh, you were watching that late game and I, I wanted you to have a chance to talk about it a little bit. But I went uh, three and seven. Obviously, terrible. Puts me at twelve and 40 percent on the year. Um, I got to be better. My locks terrible. You talked about Notre Dame. I agree. They can suck it. Um, West Virginia, just not a good pick. Uh, I thought West Virginia was a lot better than they are, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I think – yeah, the Kansas-West Virginia game was, was a shocker for me. I was not – I was less surprised that West Virginia didn't cover, but I was way more surprised that they didn't even win the game. Um, I thought there was obviously a chance that they wouldn't cover, but I didn't think there was any chance that they would lose that game. But they lost um, outright to Kansas. So, that one was rough. Um we both lost this next game. It was the BYU-Baylor game. I want to give you a chance to talk about uh, that performance from Baylor's kicker um, because he could have won well, that bet two different times in that game, and he he came short. Yeah, I, that, that's what I was about to say. Like, the Baylor-BYU game, Baylor should have won that game outright multiple times, and it just didn't work out. The kicker is horrible. <laughs> So, I mean, there's really nothing else you could say about them. But, you know, I I went four and three, but the two losses I felt like easily could have been wins. So, I'm not really too down on it. I was still, you know, if you followed my card last week, if you bet my card last week, you won money. Yeah. Like, that's the same that's thing about me. <laughs> definitely my goal every week is if you bet my card, you should win money every week. But I do want to be up closer to 70% is my yearly goal. For my card so i bet a little bit more games this week you know i'm hoping to get that that average back up but four and three isn't great but 
I was still I wasn't really too mad about two games that I lost because Notre Dame was just horrible. But yeah. that I could have easily I could have easily been six and one. So yeah. I, you know it is what it is. But yeah, I, I got like it. I said, if, like I said, if you bet my card, you still win. Yeah, so I don't feel bad. We we kind of came into the season with the same goal, and and our goals right now, uh, week three of the college football season, could not be any different. Robbie's trying to get up to 70%. I'm just trying to get back to 50. So, um, hopefully well, – like, Both of my locks hit, too. Both yeah. of my locks hit this week. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and so, locks, locks record. Both of my locks missed. I had Notre Dame and West Virginia, which both games we both liked. So, I will say, as opposed from the week one, we uh, we agreed on all four of the locks this week. Um, Robbie went 2-0. and He had Tennessee and USC. I had West Virginia and Notre Dame. So that puts me at one and four on locks and Robbie at three and two. We're still not doing great on locks. You're doing, obviously, you're doing yeah, great on overall, but not great on locks for either of us. Um, so, yeah, we're going to try to be better this week, just like we are every week. Um, before we get into the uh, week, I guess it's officially week three, right? Because um, we don't count week zero for some reason. Hopefully next year they just, they just call week zero week one and we just add another week because it's re- very confusing. For, for those of us that are doing podcasts. Um, let's just talk a little bit about just where we are with college football and the, and the conversation. Let's start with, like, the top 25. The AP poll came out, obviously a lot of changes. Georgia, number one, rightfully so. They're the best team in the country as of right now. Not to say that that's gonna, that can't change, but they are clearly the most dominant team. Um, Alabama went to two. I think the only, only other really – changes um obviously florida dropping down and baylor dropping down after their two losses um a&m dropping all the way down to 24 which i don't even i think they shouldn't even be ranked after losing to appalachian state um and then you have pittsburgh dropping to 23 after losing to tennessee and then tennessee went up nine spots number 15 i think 15 is too high um what do you think robbie I don't think 15 is too high. I said at week zero of the podcast when we were talking about this, Tennessee should have been a ranked team preseason coming into the coming into the season. So I don't think 15 is too high. Um, I'm looking at the teams behind them, and I think Tennessee could beat all those teams. Um, we'll see in a few. Well, we got maybe, Florida in maybe, two weeks. Maybe not all of them. You got Florida coming up. You got do you do y'all play Ole Miss this no. year? No, no. Oh, that's good for y'all. But I, I think that uh, – I don't think 15 is too high. I think that they're properly rated. I think okay. they're right around, right around 15. There's, there's Notre three, Dame dropped out of the play. Yeah, they should Dame have. Dropped out of the play. They should be and out yes, of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's three other teams absolutely. I wanted to talk about that rose. Um, USC's up to number seven. That looks good for your playoff prediction. Um, I you thought, know it, but they just keep on moving up. USC. I, I think that Stanford win was a lot better than people are going to give them credit for just because they've kind of struggled – over the last few years with Stanford big time. Um, and I think they came, they jumped on them early. They almost let them come back. I know you were a little worried about that. We were talking about it a little bit. Uh, Stanford had a chance at the end to make it a one-score game and ended up turning over on downs. So, um, yeah. They, but that they, game yeah. was never in question. It's actually a game. No, it like, wasn't. You, you, nope. you, you never doubted USC was going to win that football game. And, and yeah, I, I was worried about a backdoor cover for Stanford. But – yeah, USC, that, I mean, they, they beat up on that team. Yeah. The next team I want to talk about was Kentucky going all the way to nine, 11 spots um, after beating uh, an high, 
I think Florida was overranked after their win at Utah. They shouldn't have been as high as they were. Um, but goodness gracious, do you think K- Kentucky is a top 10 team? Well, funny you should say that because I said last week on this podcast, no way Florida should be all the way up to number 12 <laughs> from unranked after beating Utah. And you're like, oh, they are. You know, you went on and on about Anthony Richardson. But no, Kentucky should not be ranked ninth either. There's no way they're the ninth ranked team in this country in college football. Like, I understand they got a big time win on the road in the swamp. That's their Super Bowl, though, every year. That. They are not. They are overrated for sure. Yeah. If Tennessee I, and Kentucky play tomorrow, I take Tennessee. Right, well, we beat them last year, and they were supposed to be the best team that they ever had last year. We were, we were I mean, not that's, to be good. So that's um, six spots difference in the poll. Yeah, and we get six. It says eleven. They went up eleven spots from last week. They were twenty. No, I meant. Yeah, no, I meant like Tennessee's fifteen. Oh yeah. Nine. Tennessee's six spots behind them. I still yeah. take Tennessee. We get them at home this year, so we'll see. <laughs> um, the next team I wanted to talk about is Arkansas, my underranked team of the year, cracking into the top ten. Um, All the way up to the top ten. You got them, you got them underranked, overranked, or properly ranked right now? I think right now I think they're properly ranked. Um, they've had every game. They haven't had a cupcake. I mean, they've had, they had Cincinnati week one and South Carolina week two. I know South Carolina is not great, but it's still an SEC team. And – like you said, with USC, the game was never in doubt. That's what they did to South Carolina this week. And a lot of people were picking South Carolina to be uh, like a sneaky good team, and they dominated South Carolina. And so, I don't know. I, I think 10 a good spot for them. They get Alab- – when do they get – two weeks for Alabama? Something like that. So, Might be I two mean, weeks. We're going to see how physical they are whenever they get to play a team like Alabama. But goodness gracious, if Alabama – O-line plays like they did against Texas, they're going to have a tough time with Arkansas because Arkansas's defense is very physical, very good. So I think that is going to be a very fun game in a couple weeks. I don't know exactly what it is, but I I like Arkansas right there. I'm just happy that one of my predictions for this whole show since we started has actually been right so far, and Arkansas is kind of my one one thing that I got going right. Um, So, yeah, let's transition into – um, I want to talk about <laughs> something that Robbie likes to talk about a lot is, is game day. So week three, you, there's a couple of ranked uh, – ranked, not week three. I'm, yeah, week three. There's a couple of ranked teams playing each other. Uh, there's a bunch of good matchups. And guess where game day is going, Robbie? Appalachian State. What, what do you think about I, that? Appalachian State is, is beyond – it's beyond me, man. I just I can't explain what game day's doing. I I really can't. I, I'm I'm beyond words for what game day does now. So App State, at least my Troy Trojans are gonna get some love on game day this week. <laughs> but man, like I understand like you beat Texas A and M, but you're playing it's App State versus Troy on college game day. Like what are you doing? Like I know they're ranked versus ranked matchups out there this week. Yep. Like there are much better games to go to. Yeah. Like we got we got BYU at Oregon, and we got Miami at Texas A&M. I mean, two great going to be great games. I think so. I I really believe that game day should be in College Station this week. Miami at A&M. I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I knew you would have some some thoughts about that. Um, I'm just 
I'm so over game day. Though, they're just they're they're horrible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the last thing I want I want to do is, or I got two more things is, tell me a team that surprised you this weekend that kind of has been under the radar. I, I have mine. I wanted to hear what what you had to say. Uh, you go ahead with yours. I'll think okay. about that. I, I, under I, the team radar this week or yeah, I mean, they don't necessarily have to be under the radar. We're just a team that surprised you this weekend that played a lot better than you thought or played worse than you thought they were going to be. Um, mine is Kansas State. I talked with them at the beginning of the podcast, I think week zero, talked about how they were going to be a lot better this year, and they were my sneaky pick. Uh, we had, I think we picked a, who we thought was going to win and an underdog that could win, and they were my underdog to win the Big 12. And so they had a, a big game this week against a team that a lot of people thought were, was going to be a lot better than last year was Missouri, um, which I don't think Missouri's great. But still, Missouri has is supposed to have a good offense this year. They come into the game and they just shut down the Missouri Tigers. Um, I think the final score was 40 to 12. Um, and they just manhandled Missouri. And I thought that game – I actually played that game. I'm mad that I didn't put it on my card. I thought I did, but I I had it. And I had Kansas State minus seven and a half. And I, I there was never a doubt. I mean, they absolutely dominated Missouri. Um, the most impressive thing for me, I think, in this game is that Kansas State only threw for 100 yards passing in this game. And they, they scored 40 points and shut down Missouri. And so I think – I don't think – I'm not ready to crown them yet, but that game was – surprised me a lot because I thought it was going to be close and Kansas State just dominated. So. My biggest surprise for the weekend was BYU. Um, another game they, they played at home against Baylor, but I thought Baylor would win the game outright. And, well – well, we talked about earlier, Baylor probably should have won yeah. that game outright. But just the fact that BYU, you know, they, they played them tough and they went in overtime and they finished it out. So I got to give them credit for that. I was I was surprised by BYU. I think that I would probably still have them a little overrated at 12. Yeah, but they went in, they went in, they played at home and they handled business against Baylor, who was another one of my overranked teams coming in. But, but still, I mean, they they beat them. I, I, so I, I was surprised by BYU. Um, I think BYU is a good topic to talk about for a little bit, just because they play at Oregon this week, and it kind of will kind of segue into our, our week three outlook. Um, just as far as games, that's that could be, in my opinion, I think that should be the game day game of the week. They're playing at Oregon. Oregon's ranked back in the top twenty-five um, at twenty-five, and yeah, you got you got twelve versus twenty-five, and you got thirteen versus twenty-four. So I think, yeah, I think that BYU – we're going to know if BYU is legit. Um, that Baylor is a huge win, but they played at home, and not a lot of people go to BYU and, and play well. And so I think if they can come – if they can go to Oregon and win that game, they're, they're a serious conversation at that point. And I know Oregon's not great. Let me, let me pause there. I think – that Georgia made Oregon look terrible, but I think that Georgia is going to make everyone look terrible this year. And so I think Oregon is a good football team. And so if they can go to their place and win, they're, they're going to be in the conversation for the, in the top 10. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think BYU is definitely a surprise for me. Um, what, I don't have that game on my card. What's the latest line? BYU um, out of give me two seconds and I'll tell you. Um, let's see. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and, while I'm looking for this, we're going to go ahead and transition into week three 
outlook. We're going to talk about the big games, and this is one of them. So we'll just start here. There's not a ton of like great games, but um, as far as ranked teams, but that the line is Oregon minus three and a half. So BYU's getting three and a half on on the road. Um, three thirty kickoff. So yeah, that's that's, that's an inter- that's that's an interesting line, and the fact that I didn't take this game because I was afraid of that line. Yeah. Oregon, the I mean, they're 25th, got blown out already by Georgia. BYU's coming off a big win against Baylor last week, and BYU's getting the three and a half. So that kind of it, it, it run me off from betting the game. But at the same time, like I could see, and, and the game you said is at what time? 330? 330, yeah. 330 Eastern, Eastern, which is 1230 uh, yeah. out west. The noon kickoff. So, yeah, I, I'm scared to bet that one. Yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I'm scared to bet that one. So, yeah, that, oh, I think the only other ranked matchup is what you talked about with Miami and A&M. So, we got the number 13 versus number at number 24. Um, I think this is going to be a good game. I think A&M's going to recover. They're going to bounce back. I think they got they got to play Max Johnson, like we talked about earlier. Uh, Miami has a very dynamic offense. They got Tyler Van Dyke as a quarterback, and I think that game's going to be a barn burner, potentially. Um, if A&M will open up their playbook, but if they don't, they're not going to win this game. So what do you think about this game? I think that, well, first of all, you say, you know, that Miami has a very good quarterback in Van Dyke and explosive offense, but Miami hasn't played anyone. Yeah, that's true. Like I'm looking at it. They played the thing, Koopman, and I don't remember who they played last week. They played week. Southern Miss last week. Yeah, Southern Miss. Another Sunbelt team. <laughs> another Sunbelt team, that's right. But Miami, they they have not – they haven't been tested at all. Yeah. So, which I – you you know, barring last week, you could have said the same thing about Texas A&M playing <laughs> another Sunbelt team that they lost to. But um, I think that – Texas A&M is going to be angry. They got a lot of talent on the team. I think that we might see some of Max Johnson this week if Haynes King doesn't play good. I think Haynes King's going to have a lot of pressure on him coming into this game to perform well. And if he doesn't, he's going to get replaced. But I think that com- coming off of a loss, it was embarrassing. They lost to a Sunbelt team, App State. I think that they're going to come in here fired up. They're going to be focused during this week in practice. And I think they're going to come in here and they're going to beat Miami at home on a Saturday night. Yep. Game day should be there, but they're at App State because <laughs> you lost App State. So, yeah, um, I, I agree. Those those two matchups are really are the, are the only ranked matchups, but I think there are certainly some some interesting matchups. I think if you're just looking for a good football game to watch, the Purdue at Syracuse. It's a noon kickoff. Um, I think that game will be a barn burner. Syracuse has been a lot better this year. Purdue has obviously got that dynamic offense. Um, a couple other matchups that we might be talking about next week on the podcast. Um, Penn State at Auburn, the rematch from last year. I think Auburn is not good this year. They might be the worst team in the West. Um, I think they are the worst team in the West. I don't think it might be. Um, Penn State, like we talked about week zero, week one, they got something to prove. Um, they played a bad. They played a bad Ohio team this past week. Beat them pretty good, and they're two and zero coming into this game at Auburn. It's going to be a big game. I know Auburn's not great, but it's going to be a big one. Um, they're favored three and a half points, and so I think that game should be a good game to watch. Um, Michigan State Washington, another good game, 
And then we got, let's see. I should have, I should have already scrolled down. Um, I think that the the last two games that will be good games is Mississippi state LSU. I think that has potential to be the game of the week. Um, And then Texas tech NC state. So those are kind of the the best matchups for the week. Um, Let's go ahead and get into our cards. Um, Robbie, you're killing it this year. You can pick. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, it doesn't matter. Why, why go, ahead. Uh, go ahead, Robbie. If we, you want me to go ahead? Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Um, first of all, did you say that Auburn laying three and a half points? Like Penn State's getting three and a half? No. Uh, P- Penn State's Penn laying three and a half. Penn State's p- favored. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Okay, I misunderstood. Sorry. So, we didn't word it the right for, way. No, you probably did. I just misunderstood. Anyway, uh, for my first game, I got a Friday night game. I got Florida State minus one and a half. Even though it's at Louisville, I still like Florida State. Florida State, you know, as bad as LSU played against them, they still went in to New Orleans and beat LSU. So I like Florida State. Uh, Louisville lost by 24 points to Syracuse week one. So I think that they they could uh, – they could definitely lose this game to Florida State. So, do you have that game as well? Please just jump in if you have this game on your card. Yeah, I think I'll go ahead and say, like last week, Robbie and I have a lot of the same games. I think our, I think we are synced up on our, uh, our picks. The last two weeks, we've had a lot of the same thoughts. So, yeah, I have. I also have Florida State minus one and a half, um, and I agree with everything you said. So, um, my next game, I have Baylor. Minus, I'm laying a big number here, 30 and a half versus Texas State. Baylor coming off that loss. They should have won last week. They're going to be angry. This is going to be a bounce-back game for them. And this team put up, I mean, that they play well against these teams that aren't very good. Um, I don't remember who they played in week one, but they won 69 to 10. Yeah, they killed them. So I I, I think they're going to bounce back. And I'm at 30 and a half is a big number. But I'm still going to lay it versus Texas Tech. I think Baylor bounces back. Do you have this game? Nope. Nope. All right, I got UCLA minus 15 and a half versus South Alabama. And UCLA, Chip Kelly, this experiment's got they got going on. We still like Chip Kelly's been there what three, four years now, and I still don't know what UCLA is. <laughs> but they. They are so up and down that they've blown out. You know, they, they haven't played very good competition so far this year in their first two games, but they've blown out both teams. I think same thing here. You know, South Alabama, they're not a very good team. I think they can cover 15 and a half. Do you have that one? Yep, I agree. I think the quarterback plays the difference in this one. Um, and I think this has blowout potential written all over it. Um, yeah. I think another – I. I not betting this. It's not on my card. I have – sorry, let me rephrase. I have UCLA minus 15 and a half on my card. Another thing that might be interesting is looking at the first half um, spread. It's it's usually about half of what the actual spread is. So, if you say, if it's seven and a half or eight and a half, I would be interested in taking that too for the first half because I think, like, like you said, and I, I agree, I think it's going to be a, a domination. So, yeah. So my next game, I have Ole Miss minus 15 and a half. And the only other time I took Ole Miss was a lock. And they did not cover, even though they were covering at halftime. 
they took their foot off the gas and they let the team come back. And, but last week they played, I think, Central Arkansas and they blew them out. But I think that that's what's going to get this lane train rolling. I think that last week, even though it was a no-name team, I think they're going to get rolling at Georgia Tech this week, who lost to 31 at home against Clemson. And I think Ole Miss's offense is a lot better than Clemson. So I'm going to lay the 15 and a half and take Ole Miss. Do you have any worry? I don't have this game, but do you have any worry about uh, the Georgia Tech offense? Been able to score that? No, just. No, I want to say that Ole Miss is only giving up like six points a game. Granted, they have not played very good competition, but yeah. I, uh, but Ole Miss's defense has been much improved. I feel yeah. like um, I haven't watched Ole Miss as much this year, so I I was just wondering. I think Georgia Tech showed at least. I think Clemson probably has a top three defense in the country. I think that's fair to say. Um, and Georgia Tech had some. Spots where they look pretty good on offense. So I don't know. You you don't you don't think Georgia Tech's gonna be able to score on Ole Miss? I I I could see them scoring maybe twenty points, but I can also see. I agree. Uh, I could also see Ole Miss putting up forty five. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next game, I have Kansas plus ten and a half at Houston. I mean Kansas. We talked about it earlier. They beat West Virginia outright last week at West Virginia. Um, Houston lost to Texas Tech last week in overtime, and they also scraped by UT- UTSA. So I'm not sold on Houston. I think that, you know, coming in, they were overrated, and Kansas, as good as they've been playing, I I took the 10 and a half. I probably like them outright, to be honest with you. So if you want to look into that, I didn't. But if you want to look into taking them outright, you might win a little bit of money on that too. So, but I definitely like them at ten and a half. Yeah, I, I have I have Kansas ten and a half as well. Um, yeah, if you want Kansas money line, it's plus two eighty five right now, so that's a good number. Um, I don't think Kansas is going to. I wouldn't predict them to win this game, but I think it's going to be close. I listened to an interview today um, with their their head coach was on the Greg McElroy podcast, which I've said multiple times that I like, um, and he was talking, and th- I I heard him talking. And he kind of won me over a little bit. So I heard him talking, and I, I liked what I heard. And that had a lot to do with me picking this game. So I already had it, but it made me feel better about it when I heard him talking about the preparation. Yeah. So my next game might surprise a lot of people, but I like Texas a and cover. Minus five and a half uh, at home versus Miami. Miami hasn't played anybody. They have not been tested at all. I think that I said this earlier, Texas A&M, they're going to be hungry. They're going to be ticked off, and they're going to be ready to play some football because they got embarrassed last week. They're coming back this week at home versus a top 13 team, and I think that they're going to bounce back, and I think they're going to cover in this game. Do you have this one as well? No, I don't have it. You don't have this one? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to lay the five and a half versus Miami. And my next game is Michigan State. This one was kind of a toss-up for me because it's three and a half. So I like the three and a half points. I could see this game going either way. I usually don't like taking toss-up games as far as, and I think this could potentially be that. It's at Washington. But I also think, like, these are the kind of games that Mel Tucker wins. 
These are the kind of games that he has his team ready to play. They're going on the road at night at Washington. And, you know, they're hard knocks. Washington, you know, they they haven't really played anybody. Neither team has played anybody. And they've blown out both teams. So, I mean, it's kind of a pick em game, but I think that Michigan State probably has more talent, and I think that they definitely have the better coaching now, Tucker. So that's why I'm taking the three-and-a-half points. I agree with everything. I also have them three-and-a-half. Uh, next game is Wake Forest, minus 16-and-a-half at home versus Liberty. I mean, Liberty in the past has been really good. I mean, they've beaten some good teams, and they put up a lot of points. But the, the past, you know, this season, they've struggled. I mean, they struggled with US, UAB last week. They only beat them by seven. And they went into four overtimes with Southern well, Miss. They were they were underdogs against UAB. They were seven-point underdogs, and they won the game outright. Yeah. So, that was well, a big win for still, them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I think that, you know, you, you beat a, a UAB team by seven. Wake Forest, Sam Hartman. Is back, back. yeah. He, he has this team rolling. So I mean, they I don't know how many points they put up against Bandy. I want to say it was like forty-five. Yeah, it was. I think but, it was forty-two, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. But but yeah, they put up some points on Bandy, and I think they're going to put up a lot of points on Liberty too. So I like I like Wake Forest laying the sixteen and a half at home. I agree. This is on your card. Mm-hmm. All right, and Utah. Utah, Utah. I did not like Utah week one, but I like them week three. Man, they're going to blow this team out. San Diego State lost by 18 at home to Arizona in week one. If you can lose by 18 at home to Arizona in week one, you're going to lose by 22 on the or 21 on the road to Utah for sure. And Utah's, I think, I think that Utah's going to have a good season. They. They took it on the chin week one. They got a bad draw. Going they can still win the Pac-12. So, they got a lot to play. They, they, they have it in front of them. Like, you're, you're right. They still have it in front of them. They still could win. And I think they're going to put together some some big wins here. So, I like them to keep rolling. They put up – they didn't play anybody last week, but they put up 76 points. So, I'm, I, I like them against San Diego State this week. I agree. And right. my last two are my locks. Do well, you want me I, to save them for till after you, or you no? I, you can go ahead and say your locks, but you skipped. Let's see. You ended up. You skipped three. I skipped my locks. No, you skipped three. You skipped number two. Sorry, you skipped number two. Yeah. I know which ones you want, but you you accidentally skipped. Let's see. You skipped number five. That's not Ole Miss. Ole Miss is number five. Uh, on on the document, it had you have Notre Dame. You never. Oh talked, yeah. You never I, talked about Notre Dame. I didn't write. I didn't write Notre Dame down, but yeah. What's the line on that game again? Not you have it nine and a half. I didn't. Uh, I didn't write this down on the sheet, so I uh, apologize to you listeners out there. But I did take Notre Dame minus nine and a half. I do like them to bounce back, and you know, Marcus Freeman. I, ultimately, I think he's a good coach, but his team was not ready. To play, I think that they, you know, coming off of that, the game that they played against Ohio State week one, they played well, they still lost, but they were not focused enough to play this Marshall team. I think they come in, um, and I think they cover this past week. So I like Notre Dame a lot. The only reason I said something is because I didn't know, I didn't know where you were going with your locks because there was three options. So, but I've had a feeling no, that you're about no, to no, say are, are going to be, we're going to be. 
Notre Dame is certainly not my lock, but I do <laughs> like them to cover this week. All right, go so ahead. So you want me to give my lock? Yeah, go ahead. All right, lock number one is USC. Y'all know I've been riding with them all year. I think they're going to make the playoff. I think they're going to go potentially undefeated in the regular season. I think they're going to win the Pac-12. And Lincoln Riley, I think, you know, y'all y'all know I've been rolling with them all week or all year. You know, they're playing Fresno State. They lost to Oregon State at home last week. Fresno, Fresno State did. I mean, the game is at USC. Yeah. I think that this game's going to be – now, you might get close to a backdoor cover, kind of like Stanford last week, but I don't even think it's going to be close to that. USC's playing at home, and, you know, I think that they're going to cover easily at 12 and a half, to be honest with you. I agree. What about you? Do you have that game as well? I have that game, yeah, but obviously I'm not my lock. Um, but yeah, I like – I have both of your – oh, you haven't said your other lock. Go ahead. No, my other lock is USC's number one, but my other lock is Oklahoma. Minus 10 and a half going to Nebraska. Oklahoma didn't even show up to play until the second half last week and won by 30. All right. And Nebraska, they just fired Scott Frost. The team is just in shambles. I mean, I, I get that it's at home, but Oklahoma is just, they got too much, too much talent, too much power coming in. They're going to put up a lot of points that Nebraska can't score. I, I like Oklahoma, ten, minus 10 and a half is a lot. I agree. I like your locks. Um, I'm going to go through my card pretty quickly because a lot of them Robbie has already talked about. I have, like I said, I have Florida State minus one and a half at Louisville. Um, I got Georgia minus 23 and a half at South Carolina. That line has moved since I've bet it. Um, I don't know. If we see Georgia, the same Georgia that played Oregon, it's going to it's gonna easily cover. But I I like them at South Carolina. Um, I also have Oklahoma. What's the, what's, well, let me interrupt you for a minute. What's yeah. the line at right now? 24 and a half. 24 and a half, and you got it went up a three point. and a half? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have Robbie's first lock, Oklahoma, minus 10 and a half at Nebraska. I agree with everything he said. I have Notre Dame, minus nine and a half versus Cal. Cal's not good. I think Notre Dame's going to have to win this game by a lot to turn around, to have any chance of having a decent season. Um. I agree with Robbie as well with Michigan State plus three and a half. If it was under – if it was two and a half, I probably wouldn't have taken it, but I like three and a half at Washington. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, the next pick I have is Coastal Carolina, minus 13 and a half, playing at home against Buffalo. Buffalo is not good. They just lost to an FCS team last week. Coastal Carolina is as advertised. They're going to be the same every year. Um, I think this had blowout potential. Um, but Buffalo lost to Holy Cross this past week. So I don't, I don't think 13 and a half is, is low enough for this, what this game's going to be. Um, I have UCLA minus 15 and a half. We already talked about it. I have Kansas State minus 14 and a half versus Tulane. Um, this has potential to be a barn burner. I like, I would like it more if it was 13 and a half, but Tulane has a good offense. Kansas State has a great defense. So I think they're going to, uh, shut out Tulane. Um, I have Kansas plus 10.5 at Houston. We talked about it. I like Kansas to cover, and I would sprinkle with Robbie on the money line there. Um, I also have Wake Forest minus 16.5 versus Liberty. I like everything Robbie said. I agree. Sam Hartman's going to throw it all over the field on Liberty. Um, they're not going to be able to stop it. I have Texas minus 10.5 versus UTSA. I think they're going to bounce back. 
Um, even though Quinn Ewers is out, I think Hudson Card's going to have a good game. UTSA is a good team, but they're not going to be able to compete with that Texas defense. They're not going to be able to score points. So I think Texas bounces back. Um, I have, in my last two integrants with Robbie, I have Utah minus 21 versus San Diego State and USC minus 12 and a half versus Fresno State. Um, my two locks, I feel I, I got to win some locks. I, I don't know. I, it's Something's got to change um, in the course of my locks pick. I have Vanderbilt plus two and a half. Before you make that face, before you make that face, hear me out. They're playing at Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois is not a good team. I don't understand why this spread is the way it is. Um, Northern Illinois has played two, t- two, two games this year. They played Eastern Illinois, an FCS team who the Chattanooga Mox beat by three scores this past weekend. Um, they beat them 34 to 27 on opening week zero or uh, the opening weekend of college football. And then they lost to Tulsa, 35 to 38. So I don't like this team. I think – I just don't think they're a good team. And I think Bandy's better than last year. Uh, last year they probably would have lost this game, but I think they're going to win this game outright. So um, give me the two and a half there as my first lock. And then my second lock is going to be Washington State minus 16 and a half versus Colorado State. Um I didn't begin the season. I did not think Washington State was a good team, um, but they showed this past week that they are they are a good team. Um, they beat a ranked Wisconsin team. I thought that's that's a hard team to beat, just plain and simple. And they 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 went in and beat them. Um, Colorado State is not good. They got blown out by Michigan, and then they lost to a terrible MTSU team last week, thirty four to nineteen. And so I think um, Washington State's going to going to put it on Colorado State this weekend. And so those are my two locks. Um, that puts our inside the lines parlay of the week. One of these days we're going to hit one of these. Um, Robbie with Oklahoma minus 10.5, USC minus 12.5, and, and I have Vanderbilt plus 2.5, and, and Washington State minus 16.5. So that is our parlay of the week. Um, that's going to do it for this show. Um, we ha- we talked a, a lot this on this week about a lot of different things. Um, that's just kind of going to be our our routine for the rest of the season. Um, good luck this weekend on your your bets, and um, hopefully next week we'll both come back with a winning card, um, and I can get back to fifty percent. So, Robbie, you got anything for us? Nope, I'm I'm shooting for seventy percent. That's what I'm trying to get up to. So. We'll see how it goes. Good luck this weekend, guys. Watch some football and have some fun. Fall is in the air, by the way. Weather yeah, today sure. is That weather is feeling good. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at ITL Podcast One. Um, we'll, we'll be posting our our um, cards on there closer to the weekend, and um, just keep, uh, follow up with us on our so, our social media pages and. Um, Yeah, that wraps it up for this week. Uh, We'll see you next week.